Get ready to experience gratitude for every aspect of your life when you have autoimmune disease or cancer and in a way that you never thought possible. It's time to say no to that list of three things and yes to gratitude on your own terms. This is the Grateful Warrior Podcast and I'm your host, Holly Bertone. You deserve love, happiness, and laughter. So let's get started. Well, hey there, my Grateful Warrior. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Grateful Warrior Podcast. This episode, giving you fair warning, we're going deep, but it's because we're going to reveal what it looks like when your personal power has been taken away from you, and more importantly, how you can reclaim your personal power and get it back. You've heard me share how gratitude builds fortitude during the storms of life. Part of what fortitude looks like is standing in your own personal power. So stay tuned. And before we begin, be sure to head over to pinkfortitude.com slash quiz and find out how much gratitude and grit that you have. Take this fun two-minute quiz to reveal your gratitude personality. And when your results are revealed, you'll also receive resources on how to get started and to deepen your gratitude practice. It's personalized just for you. And also be sure to hit the follow button where you're listening and tap those five stars and leave a great review because it would mean so much to me to hang out with you every week and because it will help to get this brand new podcast and our wonderful message out to more grateful warriors. And finally, I've opened up the next cohort of my group coaching program. So if you're ready to take this to the next level and want to be considered, go to pink fortitude.com slash coach, pinkfortitude.com slash coach. And the link is also in the show notes. So I gave you a teaser and shared a little bit about this in last week's episode, why gratitude isn't working for you and what to do instead. So be sure to listen to that episode if you haven't already. And there was one important concept that I wanted to take a deeper dive. So let's jump in. I've got another Hannibal pug puppy story for you. And if you're new around here, Hannibal is my two-year-old pug puppy. Yes, he's a puppy. I still call him my puppy. I call him my baby. And you're going to hear Hannibal's stories from time to time. If you're a pug fan, be sure to follow him on Instagram at Hannibal Pug Club He is far more Insta-famous than I am, but Hannibal, he knows the rules of the house. I spent a lot of time training him. He knows the rules of the house and his behavior. I would say it's a solid A minus the majority of the time. Like he's a really good pup. One of his rules, he knows to never go out the front door unless he's leashed up or if he has permission, but the back door is another story. We've got this like jingle bell thing that we've got hanging on the door and he knows to ring that if he has to go potty or if he just wants to go outside to play. So we have a fenced in backyard. If it's a nice day outside, like not too hot, not too cold, I just leave the back door open and he knows he can come and go as he pleases. And he does. He does this all the time. If the door is open, he knows he can come and go. This is okay behavior. Except for one day. I was upstairs and I heard the back door bell ringing and it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, wait, it's a nice day. I thought I left the door open. Maybe I forgot, you know, this like Swiss cheese brain thing that gets me every once in a while. So I go into the kitchen. That's where the back door is. And there is Hannibal. He is standing 
next to the open door, ringing the bell, waiting for permission to go outside. Now, I'm going to come back to the story in a few minutes. Let's rewind to June 2010. It was the end of June, and I woke up one morning, and I rolled over, and I noticed a lump on my right side. And the second I felt it, I knew deep down, I knew deep down in that place in your soul where you don't want to go, what it was. I was 38 years old. I was too young for this to happen. And it took over a month and a half of tests before I received the official diagnosis. On my 39th birthday, happy birthday to me, you have breast cancer. Here's the thing. After treatment ended, I never got better. I kept getting sicker and sicker. And it was an entire year of tests before I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune disease. Now, I always share with the women in my community that something changes with that diagnosis. But in reality, that shift, that shift in your brain, it starts to begin when you know that something's wrong. Maybe it's a lump. Maybe you're more tired than normal. Maybe it's splitting migraines or unexplained pain. You know deep down that something's not right. And you start searching for answers. Doctor after doctor after doctor. Test after test after test. Waiting for answers. I consider myself lucky because my autoimmune diagnosis only took one year. And for many, that diagnosis is 8, 10, 12 doctors or more. And years years of waiting, or that diagnosis never happens and you're still searching for answers. In that waiting process, you've started to put your hope in something and someone else, the test, the doctor, the diagnosis. Along with the waiting comes a level of frustration and anxiety and worry before you even know what's going on. And then from that moment, you're in the doctor's office. And they give you that diagnosis. And they say, you have. It's like a switch in your brain that instantly wants to start playing defense. And start fighting against the breast cancer, the ovarian cancer, the Lyme disease, the lupus, the fibromyalgia, whatever the diagnosis is. And with those words, you have. We subconsciously and instantly take on the identity of someone who is sick. And one of those first thoughts that you probably have is how could my body have betrayed me like this? Maybe your next thought is how can I fight this? And at that moment, a piece of us subconsciously gives our power over to our doctors, to our treatment plan, and even to a prescription. If you're sitting there like, Ooh, ah, Holly, not sure where you're going with this. All right. You're wondering where I am. Stay with me. It's all going to come together and it's probably going to look totally different than you're expecting. So when I was finally diagnosed with breast cancer, it was another two months before my oncologist decided on a treatment plan. Like I swear that wait was the longest wait in the world. We knew that surgery was going to be the first course of treatment, but chemo was still on the table. And the oncotype came back right in the middle. And I am talking that perfect 50% line in the middle. I'm a data girl, data girl, however you say it. I wanted to see all the numbers. 
I wanted to look at the analytics, see the numbers. I wanted those numbers to tell me my story. But the only story those numbers told me was that it was anyone's guess as to the best standard of care. Fortunately, I had an amazing oncologist who wanted me to be 100% a part of the decision process with my treatment. I trusted her judgment and she laid out all of the facts, but let that final decision up to me. And there's not many decisions out there that compare to being 39 years old, newly engaged, and figuring out if it's better to douse your body in poison to get rid of the cancer and deal with the potential side effects or not and wonder if the cancer is gone and or if it'll ever come back. There is no right or wrong answer. You make the best decision you can with the information you have. I made the best decision I could with the information I had. But fast forward one year, when I was finally diagnosed with Hashimoto's, it was a completely different scenario. There was no decision. There was no collaboration. I went in. My endocrinologist said, you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Here's your prescription. You're going to take this for the rest of your life. And I was escorted out. When I got home, I I was still shaking my head. I'm like, what just happened? I ended up calling the office back. I'm like, okay, can you explain this to me again. Like, I just, I don't understand. And that set a precedent. And when my prescription didn't work after multiple times asking my doctor about it and with no real answer, I just gave up. I had been through breast cancer, chemo, debilitating fatigue, all these things. And I have this new disease with a new prescription that's not working. I honestly thought that after everything that I had been through, this was how it was going to be. This was how it was supposed to be. This is the rest of my life. I gave all of my power away to that doctor and to that prescription when I gave up. I went from playing defense those last few years with my health, the fighting and the fighting and the fighting to just completely giving up. I just left the field. I grew up playing field hockey. I played for many, many years. My mother was a coach. She was nine months pregnant with me running around on the field hockey field (laughs) before she gave it. Like, it's always been in my blood. And they have a saying in other sports as well. You either play to win or you play not to lose. The time leading up to the diagnosis and the diagnosis itself, it's a very confusing time to navigate. There's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of unknown. And it comes with a lot of really big feelings like fear and anger and anxiety and betrayal, all of these necessary human emotions. And what we don't realize is that our brain starts to play defense. Typically, what I see are three responses, either to totally give up like I did. I gave up, right? At one point, just saying, this is how it's going to be the rest of my life. I'm done. Or fighting against the disease like I mentioned, or adopting that, like, I'm just staying strong attitude and just kind of white knuckling it. And if any of these hit home, these are all completely normal reactions. This is a part of being human with a really big diagnosis and really big health challenges. But let me ask you this. When it comes to your health, are you playing to win or are you playing not to lose? That is the difference between giving your personal power away or reclaiming it back. So 
if you're on defense, you're playing not to lose. And that means the other team has the ball, they're trying to score, and you're on defense trying to counter their moves so that they can't score. This is when you're giving your personal power away. I just told you I did it. We all do it. It's human nature. It's a natural process, especially with these big diagnoses. All right, so let's go back for a minute. Let's take a little pause. Let's unpack the word prescription. The official definition includes the action of establishing a rule, law, or direction, a recommendation that is authoritatively put forward. So if someone is giving you a rule or a direction from a place of authority, it is natural for us to accept that that's the way it's supposed to be. We are now playing defense. We are playing not to lose. Now, let me be perfectly clear. I'm not advocating for any kind of medical anarchy or to ditch your doctor or to ditch your prescriptions. Nothing like that at all. I love my doctors. I take my medicine. I have my prescriptions. I'm on them for the rest of my life. All right. I'm not saying that. I hope you are hearing and listening to what I'm saying. Because here's the thing. After everything that has happened to get you to this point, and again, all subconsciously, there is a very good chance that you have given some of your personal power away. And what I am advocating for, what I am talking about, what I am am standing for is how you can get it back. In episode 17 of the Grateful Warrior podcast, I unpack the entire concept around fortitude and how gratitude is the best way to build fortitude during the storms of life. Fortitude means a lot of different things. And when you have that inner fortitude, that inner grit, it also means that you exhibit other characteristics like personal power. So first of all, how do you know if you've given your personal power away? People who have given their personal power away exhibit many of these characteristics. So think about some of these and see if maybe one or more of them apply to you. Making a decision is difficult because they don't trust themselves or they make decisions based on fear. And sometimes they prefer these decisions are made by others. They look to others to do the fixing for them, including their doctors. They do what they think others want them to do, not what they think is best for themselves. They lack confidence and wait for permission. They allow others to define what their life looks like. They procrastinate or don't make a decision at all. They avoid saying no. They don't take care of themselves. They don't speak up when something's wrong. So how do you know if you've made that switch to playing offense? And what exactly does that mean? All right, so the key to taking back your personal power is realizing that the door is open and giving yourself permission to walk through. You have permission to advocate for yourself. You have permission to speak up when something seems off or isn't working or any time for that matter. Your voice matters and you have permission to use your voice. You have permission to partner with your doctors, to ask them questions, to ask for alternatives. You have permission to do research and ask more questions. You have permission to acknowledge your fears. You have permission to accept responsibility for your actions. 
you have permission to forgive yourself and to give yourself grace throughout this journey. And you have permission to learn from the lessons when something doesn't work out. So what does this look like in real life? So the diagnosis is one thing, but it's not until you get out the shovel and start digging. That's when the real work begins. It's looking at this from the inside out. After that diagnosis, your true self comes out. There's going to be a big mirror in front of your life, whether you want to look at it or not. But the first is to stop looking at it like your body has betrayed you and start looking at it like your body's given you a wake-up call and to be grateful for that wake-up call. For example, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 39, I was searching for answers. My doctor said that lightning struck my body. Kind of weird, but I accepted it at the time because I needed to make sense of what didn't make sense. But over the years, I realized that factors such as working in a high-stress management job, drinking six cans of Coca-Cola every day, in addition to a high-sugar and zero-fruit and veggie diet, and all of the other things. This wasn't my body betraying me. This was my body telling me that I need to make some serious changes in my life. That switch was monumental. That switch was my gift. Second, and in line with the first, is to make that switch of working against to working with. And this isn't just with your body, but also with your doctors and even your support system. What would that look like to you if you started partnering with your doctors and started speaking up for what you want and having the confidence to have a voice in your treatment? That's powerful. And the third, that's that open door. Remember I told you in the story in the beginning about Hannibal ringing the bell for permission to walk through the open door. That diagnosis is your open door. And the door to your new journey is wide open. This is your chance to explore the new and better version of you, to change those eating habits, to work on your emotions, to focus on what lights you up, and to say no to what doesn't. You do not have to wait for permission to be you. Your body just gave you the wake-up call of a lifetime. You can either view it from the perspective of, why me? Why did my body betray me? What did I do to deserve this? Or you can take those big, bold, courageous steps and start looking at this from a totally different perspective to realize that everything in life happens for you. And can I just tell you, the second I made that shift, everything changed for me. I'm here as your gratitude coach and your mentor to help you unwrap that gift that has already been given to you. You have that gift inside of you. And I am here cheering for you the entire time. You have permission to play offense. You have the ball. The question is, how are you going to show up for your life? And how are you going to show up and play? So I know we covered a lot. I know this is really deep in this episode. But what about this resonates with you the most? I'm here to be your gratitude coach and your mentor, and I'm super excited to be on this journey with you. So be sure to take the quiz, how much gratitude and grit do you have? And you can find that at pinkfortitude.com slash quiz, pinkfortitude.com slash quiz. And the link is also in the show notes. And hit the follow button where you're listening and tap those five stars and leave a great review because It would mean so much to me and also to help get this brand new podcast and our wonderful message out to more grateful warriors. 
And finally, I've opened up the next cohort of my group coaching program. So if you're ready to take this to the next level and you want to be considered, go to pinkfortitude.com slash coach, pinkfortitude.com slash coach. And the link is also in the show notes. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Grateful Warrior podcast. It has been awesome sauce to hang out with you and I'll see you next week. We have some real talk here for a minute, just between us girls. Can we have a conversation about what the end of the day looks like? I'm talking about that moment when you've crossed off all the things on your list. Okay, they're not all completed, but you're done for the day. And when I say done for the day, I mean you are done. And you sit on the couch to actually relax for a few minutes before bedtime. You know that moment of pure bliss when your bum hits the couch cushion and then you sit back in this heap of exhaustion. You pull the blanket over your legs, literally breathe for the first time all day. And it's not, it's not even one minute later. And it's your spouse. Hey, hon, your kid, mom. Or you pick up the phone to scroll on social media and then your boss sends you an email you need to respond to. Or you see something that like, oh, shoot, I forgot to do something that can't wait for tomorrow. And then the dog's doing the potty dance because spouse or kid never took them for a walk, even though you asked them to. And it's that moment that you feel this resentment fill your body. And then you probably feel guilt on top of it because this is the life that you've always dreamed of. You've got a great career and a great family. So you might be wondering. Why do I feel so drained? Why is my life sucking every ounce of energy out of my body? I'm here to tell you that the world is not going to crumble if you say yes to yourself, but you will eventually crumble if you don't. You deserve to take care of yourself and your health. And it begins by saying yes to you which is probably the hardest yes that you're ever going to say. And that's why I created a very special private podcast series. It's called Your Comeback Experience, and it's specifically for you, the woman who has a track record of success in everything that you do, but you are burned out and something's still missing. And somewhere along the way, your health got pushed to the side. It's a secret podcast, meaning it's not public. You need to have an invitation to access it. And I want to invite you. So to get this free private podcast delivered right to your inbox, click on the link in the show notes or go to podcastholly.com. Super easy to remember, podcastholly.com. The link is also in the show notes.